By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Continually, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Just going to stop right there. When you get a chance, go back and read Hebrews chapter 13, starting around verse 10. Stop at verse 17. But today we just want to look here at verse 15 and talk on the subject. The pandemic tried, but it couldn't stop our praise. How many of y'all agree with that? If you believe that, come on, give God a clap of praise. The pandemic tried, but it couldn't stop our praise. That's a word for somebody today because we've all been through some situations. And see, as Christians, we strongly associate our faith with the brick and mortar buildings. The coronavirus has been declared a worldwide pandemic and has caused a widespread panic. Something happened 18 months ago that has caused a normally calm and reasonable people to suddenly become seized by an overwhelming fear of the COVID-19 pandemic. If you read in 2 Chronicles 20, when the Israelites were under tremendous pressure in verse 12, we find that King Jehoshaphat cried to God, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. King Jehoshaphat went right to the right place for help. And with his eyes yearning and pleading with God, God did make a way. The Bible tells us that the Israelites marched to face a massive enemy without having any idea what God was already accomplishing for them. In verse 21 of that same book, we we learn that the only weapon they raised was a weapon of praise. Praise over all what had been done by God. They proclaimed that God's love endures forever and God soundly defeated the enemy. And over the last 18 months, we all have personally to learn what a difference praise makes in our lives when we praise God for who he is and what he is doing and where we are going Martin Luther wrote it like this he said faith is a living and unshakable confidence a belief uh, in the grace of God so assured that a man would die a thousand deaths for its sake. And see, sometimes we forget just how blessed we really are to have gone through what it is we have gone through and what we are still going through in our right now. Norman Vincent Pell, who 
published uh, his best known book, The Power of Positive Thinking, in 1952 wrote that when life hands you a lemon, make lemonade. He said this because he knew that struggles in life are inevitable, but destruction is optional. We can always control what happens to us when it is in our wheelhouse, but when it is not within our wheelhouse, we cannot control what happens to us. But we can always control how we choose to respond and our character should always be stronger than our circumstance. Because every difficulty in your life, whether big or small, is something. God will use uh, to produce more strength more faith uh, and more perseverance in you uh, and if you trust him your struggles are always lead to strength uh, disappointments are just God's way of saying I have got something better be patient have faith and trust in God see in times of crisis and uncertainty many people look to religion for guidance and consolation but the COVID pandemic which resulted in physical distancing across the country and would last for these last 19 months has made even the most common displays of faith more complicated. The pandemic has caused churches to go from in-person worship to online worship service and connections with people and support systems we usually rely on have been fractured but not broken. I want to say that one more time. The systems have been fractured but they are not broken. Uh, the pandemic has not only fueled people's interest in spirituality, but also provided proof that God has not left us and he is with us as we experience the pain of suffering from a pandemic. As Christians, we have been reminded that we can experience victory even during a pandemic, even while we suffer because God is working in us. As Christians, we have joy because even though we cannot always understand our suffering or explain it by faith we know that God is working in our lives and we know that God's promises are true uh, the COVID pandemic uh, that has taken this world by surprise is no respecter of persons and appears to be testing the faith of many. Religion in this pandemic era is about a mental order and claiming the mind amid the threats of commotion. You got to have a steadfast mind amid the threats of commotion and the instabilities of this physical world in which we are living. Ah, the COVID-19 looks likely to change many aspects of life irreversibly and the Apostle Paul says it like this 
in Romans 8, 35 through 37, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sakes we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. During this pandemic, we have been experienced both by an encouragement and a wonderful reminder of how God, through it all, was there and is still there and showed up and held us up through it all and we never lost our praise because by faith we realized that God's hand was on everything and everywhere even when everything around us was chaotic and out of control God was still in control and we couldn't have made it without God on our side our faith kept us from being consumed and overwhelmed with the vision of our circumstances. Life is painful. Life is stormy. And there is no getting around it. But today I believe that somebody will agree with me that we are together again for worship because God has provided us strength and peace like we'll never experience again in our life because we kept the faith and recognize that through many dangers, toils and snares, we have already come. See, sometimes we forget how we got to where we are. And here we are reminded in the face of the pandemic, we've learned that God is supreme. We've learned the real value of praying and meditating. During the ongoing pandemic, we've learned how praising God in the hard times doesn't minimize or deny the heaviness of our heart. But our praise instead redirects our focus to how God never changes or abandons his children. Our praise reminds us how we can count on God's presence even when our emotions can't confirm it. Our praise demonstrates our faith that God is more real and more present in our circumstances than the circumstance itself. Our praise pleases God. And it says, God, I trust you. You are great. You are still good. You are still true. Your ways are still right. And even though we cannot see your hand, our praise to you, O God, is an acknowledgement of what you are doing and what you have already done for us. The word praise means to say good things about something. And when you praise God, we are admiring him. We are honoring him. We are worshiping him through joyful 
thanksgiving and adoration of God as we celebrate his goodness to us and his grace working on our behalf. Whereas one of my favorite ways of tackling anxiety in my own life is through worship music that reminds me that God not only knows what you have been through and that God only knows how much you can bear. I have also been reminded during this pandemic that if you surround yourself with those who complain and speak words of despair and blame, you'll fill your heart with those feelings. But if you surround yourself with people who speak words of life, praising God and believing in God's power, then you'll fill your heart with God's word and keep your eyes fixed on him. Essentially, when our focus is on our problems, we can't see all the blessings in our lives because we are worried and we are fearful and our hearts are not fully of joy and praise. But when you redirect your focus and let go and let God be God, quit leaning on your own understanding, but in all your ways, begin to acknowledge him and trust him. How many of y'all believe it? Won't God redirect your path? And when God begins to direct your path, you will understand what the old folk used to say when they said weeping can only endure it for a night but joy shall come in the morning and as you get closer to God you'll find out that that joy what they were talking about is not a joy that comes in a bottle but it's a joy that comes from your heart and when the joy flows from your heart I don't care what nobody say when you get happy when you begin to praise God people will look at you funny they wonder why is it you got joy and excitement when they done done the best they could to tear you down. They wonder how can you smile when COVID is running wild. But they had a song back in my day called Runaway Child Running Wild. You better go back home where you belong. You're lost in this great big city. You better go back home where you belong. Sometimes you gotta tell that runaway conversation you need to go home and stay home where you belong because this joy that I have the world yeah the world didn't give it in the world in the world I said in the world somebody know what I'm talking about in the world can't take it away yeah yeah see the pandemic tried but it couldn't stop my praise and this reminds me of when the disciples were out on the ship with Jesus and they were going to the other side when they got on the boat Jesus got on there and you know when you know what's going on you can relax and be cool and y'all, I don't know if any of y'all ever been guilty of going out of town riding with somebody. If, if you trust they're driving, you can go to sleep. 
And when you wake up, you right there where you're supposed to be. But if you don't trust your driving, uh, you're going to be like the disciples. Oh, y'all catch that after a while. And the Bible tells us that when Jesus got on the ship, Jesus went and took him a nap. But the disciples, they cried out, Lord, don't you care that we're about to perish? The Bible tells me that Jesus said, oh, y'all got such a little faith. And he stood up and even the waves and the sea, they laid down. Don't you understand the same thing that happened with the disciples? It's the same thing that can happen in your life if you trust God and have the faith the size of a mustard seed to believe that it can move mountains. And that's why even in a pandemic, uh, you don't have to be in a state of total despair or dismay. Because if you look uh, at where you were before the pandemic started, and if you look uh, at where you are now with the pandemic going on, uh, I believe, I just believe uh, without any shadow of any doubt uh, that the Lord uh, has been shown us uh, good to you. Yeah, that's what I believe today. Now, the book of Hebrews, it derives its name from those whom it was written, which were Jewish Christians in general, and not specifically those of a local church. The author of Hebrews is unknown, but there are some who believe it was Peter, but most believe that it was the Apostle Paul. But either way, the apostle who wrote the letter made it clear that Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. It is also evident that, that the author was very familiar with the Pauline epistles, thus causing some to believe the book was written by the apostle Paul. Whereas if it were written by the apostle Paul, it would have been completed prior to AD 70 when Titus destroyed the temple. However, the purpose can be confirmed, which was to draw the Hebrew Christians back from Judaism in order to demonstrate the superiority of Jesus Christ. Even back then, the writer was saying, if I could paraphrase it, uh, the pandemic tried but couldn't stop uh, your praise. Uh, now here, prior to our text, we have been given uh, the heroes of faith who have gone on before us, if you get a chance to read in chapter 11. They are given as guides to help us uh, keep our eyes and ears open upon Jesus and serve as a reminder that any distraction that we have in life that might come along comes from losing our focus and taking our eyes off of the Lord Jesus Christ and from listening to what he has to say things in your life can be turned around if you stroll with me down here in this 13th chapter and begin to dialogue with me here between verses 10 through 12 we need to keep in mind that the book of Hebrews was written to Jewish followers of Jesus, but they were going through some very tough times. 
times. And they were not sure that following Jesus was worth it. They saw their Jewish neighbors going to the great bronze altar at the temple in Jerusalem. There they slaughtered a bull and gave part to the priest and grilled the rest and shared it with their friends. The Jewish neighbors were enjoying a grilled steak and having a party while they were being persecuted for their faith in Jesus Christ. Ah, here it is. They were trying to compare an apple to an orange, but you can't compare an apple to an orange because an apple and an orange, they both have different flavors. They have different characteristics. You can't compare a banana to a kiwi. A banana is long and a kiwi is short and round. Here they were trying to compare themselves to somebody who was not even in the same category with them. They were looking over the fence and somebody needed to pull their coattail and tell them that the grass is not always greener over on the other side. I think I just said something right there. See, sometimes we spend more time looking over the fence at how others are enjoying what we think they're enjoying. But in reality, they're doing themselves more damnation than there are spiritual liberation. And as a result, they're finding themselves in a predicament. And in that predicament, they'll be crying out to God. But God never left. They are the ones who moved. God is still in the same spot he was in when the storms came into your life. The one who has relocated is you because you allowed your eyes to wander off of God. Ah, we got to understand the Jewish, at that Jewish altar, that, that was a place where the high priest once a year would sit there and he would slit the throat of a bull and a goat and then he would catch the blood in a basin and take it into the holy place of the temple. Someone else would take the carcasses of those animals and burn them outside of the city. If you look back in Leviticus chapter 16. But the altar, that altar could only cover unintentional sins for a year. It could only sweep the dirt under the rug. And it was there all the time. And it was still going to be as bad as it was when you came in. But the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross purifies all believers from all sin. Intentional as well as unintentional sin. And it removes the dirt completely and makes believers clean and ready for heaven. See, Christ's blood uh, uh, sanctifies his people. Let's stroll on with me. I'm almost at my text now. So the apostle Paul, if we assume he was the writer, has to remind those that were persecuted believers that we have a superior altar. We have a better altar where God's grace strengthens the heart. Grill steak uh, from the altar in Jerusalem fills the belly. But God's supernatural power from heaven uh, 
fortifies the soul. Walk with me down to verses 13 and 14 where the apostle Paul tells the Jewish followers of Jesus Christ that since Jesus died outside the gates of Jerusalem, he said let's join him there in that place of shame. You see, it was a shameful thing to hang naked on a cross for all to see. In fact, the Roman government reserved crosses only for executing the worst criminals. Yet there outside the city, Jesus hung on the cross and those who come to him must share his shame. But that's what God calls us to do. But some folk have problems enduring any shame when they lose some of their popularity. They don't like to be called out, but yet they want to receive the blessings of God. You cannot straddle the gate when it comes to serving the Lord. You either with him or you're not. The pendulum when it swings it's one thing but when it stops swinging you need to be standing on the Lord's side see our text today it makes it clear that we got to be willing to endure the temporary shame here on earth for the lasting honor we'll enjoy in heaven so make sacrifice and stand with Christ and carry his shame and bear his reproach. And our text today in verse 15 it reminds us that we are to continually offer up sacrifices of praise. Not just when life is going well, but also when life is hard. No matter what, we are to acknowledge Christ's character and recognize that he is good even when life isn't. The Bible calls a a sacrifice of praise, Ah, but such a sacrifice will transform you when you worship God in this way. Some people don't want to hear that because sacrifice makes them nervous. That means they got to give up themselves. That means they got to come out of their comfort zone. That means it's calling for a self-denial. That means it's giving to somebody else who might not do give you nothing back. Oh, that means that you might not be on the receiving end, but you'll be on the giving end. Oh, y'all will catch that after a while. It's good to sacrifice to your brothers and sisters in Christ, and even to those who are not members of the body of Christ, because by doing so, you might be guilty of warning another soul to Christ. That's why we are supposed to offer up sacrifice. And in this pandemic, we've had multiple opportunities to offer sacrifice. And through those sacrifices, you found yourself sometimes on the receiving end and sometimes on the giving end. But somebody might co-sign with me that when you were giving as well as receiving, you stood there and you thought about what you were dealing with. And you might have said to yourself, 
The pandemic tried, but it couldn't stop our praise. You still had joy. You still were worshiping and praising God. You did not allow the pandemic to rob you of your joy. Uh, here you got to understand the context of this passage is different because it is a contrast between the Old Testament people and the way they offered sacrifice and thanks to God and the way that the Christian is and can offer sacrifices and thanksgivings to God. In the Old Testament, people did these things through prescribed rituals and festivals, whereas in the New Covenant, we do not need a ritual or a festival to express our gratitude to our God. You can just sit right where you are and go ahead and tell God thank you. You don't need no invitation. You can tell him thank you right now. You know what God has done. You know what God is doing for you right now. Go ahead and tell him thank you. If you're at home, tell him thank you. If you're here with me, go ahead and tell him thank you. Give him a shout out. Give him a clap of praise. Don't let the devil rob you of your joy. Uh, here, if you go back and get a chance, uh, you'll see back in Leviticus 7 verses 11 through 25, uh, it teaches us uh, that a sacrifice of praise uh, was an extra offering given to the Lord uh, on top of other sacrifices. I already gave my offering. But it's an extra. It's an offering that you give above what you already gave because you already owed him what you gave don't act like you gave him nothing extra you probably barely gave him what he had coming <clears throat> help me somebody <laughs> did I say that but that's what he's saying he said listen man and if you look down at verse 16 it reminds us that we are not to neglect doing good and to share what you have. For such sacrifices are pleasing to God. And God is pleased with our sacrificial giving. When we sacrifice our time, when we sacrifice our resources to help other people, God smiles from heaven as he accepts our sacrifice. Essentially, uh, when all hell goes against you, when sickness is in your body, when your bills are due or past due, and even a pandemic uh, is in a neighborhood. Hebrews 13 and 15 says... Uh, by him, therefore, uh, let us offer uh, the sacrifice of praise to God uh, continually. For one proves uh, his acceptance uh, of truth uh, by the sacrifice uh, of his lips uh, and by doing well and maintaining a spirit of sharing. This means that we shall praise God 
when we don't feel like praising him, you got to open up your mouth and offer a praise to God because there is no value in sitting around looking distinguished when everything around you is caving in. And the Hebrew writer is telling us that we are truly thankful if we are truly thankful for what God has done. Give him that praise offering for our lips are the things that God can see moving. Our lips are what utter the things that we say. And if we want the Lord to know that we are excited, you got to go ahead and tell him, God, I thank you. I ain't worried about what tomorrow holds, but Lord, I thank you for my right now. Is anybody here want to thank him for your right now? You want to thank him for your yesterday. You want to thank him for the day before. And you sure enough want to thank him for what God got in store for you. Solomon said in Proverbs 22 and 6, he said, train up a child the way you have them to go. And when they get old, they won't depart from the word of truth. And that means that when they get grown and they be gone. You got to understand, parents, they get grown, but they ain't never really gone. But when they say they grown, you got to understand that God will still look at you to remind him where the Lord then brought them from. And when they get old, you tell them when the storms were raging in my life, I didn't run, but I learned how to pray. When the storms were raging in my life, I didn't throw in the towel, but I learned how to pray. When the storms began to rage in my life, when I had sickness on my body, I didn't run, but I learned how to pray. And that's why Solomon said, train up a child the way you'd have them to go. And when they get old, they won't depart from the way of truth. What he was saying is, when a pandemic comes in their life, they won't run, they won't complain, but they'll sit there and pray in the name of Jesus. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Let thy will be done on earth as it had to be in heaven. And they'll thank him for giving us this day as well as our daily bread. They'll thank him for waking them up this morning and starting them on their way. Is there anybody here who's glad they woke up this morning with had food on their table, clothes on your back, even in a pandemic, you ain't 
lost weight, you done gained weight. So that tell you that the Lord been good to you. You didn't gain that weight by looking at the food. You gained that weight because God put food on your table. You're not naked, but God kept clothes on your back. I gotta go, y'all. You were sick and you didn't think you could get well, but you're still standing. You're still standing. You're still standing. Ain't God all right? Ain't he all right? The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And say so. The pandemic tried, but it couldn't stop our praise. That's all I got. That's all I got. That's all I got. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I know he's alright. The pandemic tried. But it couldn't stop our praise. You're still praising him. Right now. You know what happens when you praise him. When the floodwaters are coming in. You know what happens when you praise him. When sickness is on your body. You know what happens when you praise him. When your money is funny and your change get a little strange. You've learned over the last 19 months what it means when we say when praises go up blessings gonna come down don't get it misconstrued stuff gonna happen but even when stuff is happening when you praise him when you praise him separate yourself I've made a conscious decision. Bro, well, it's a conscious decision. You know what that means when you say conscious? I know what I'm doing. And I've gotten to a space now where I just say what I, and I'm through with it. 
but I won't hang. Let me run it back. I won't tolerate nobody talking cuckoo to me when I ain't cuckoo. And if you're negative, it's a scripture, Reverend Henry said, dust your feet and move on. I'm going to leave you sitting there all by yourself. My grandbaby used to watch this movie, what, Frozen, and my son, when he would hear me say something, let it go, let it go. I've made a conscious decision to let it go. The pandemic has been a test for everybody. It's been a test. But you're still standing. And by the mere fact that you're still standing, you know your soul is still anchored in the Lord. You know this. Don't nobody have to send you no text to tell you. You know this. Sister Willis, you know the healing you've experienced and you don't need nobody to text you and say you're going to be alright. You already know you're alright. You know that when your money got funny and your change got strange, you know by now if you still in that house ain't under the bridge, you know your soul is still anchored in the law. If you woke up this morning clothed in your right mind, might woke up like me with them two brothers, Mark, still in my house. Arthur came by and writers came by. I've been trying to evict them for a week now. And I don't know, my wife must be and gave me an invitation to stay a while. I don't know. Because they still hanging out. They, they, they used to work on her almost like she said seek him oh y'all catch that after a while see they just have, they with me right now they might be with y'all after a while they might be at your house waiting sister Sheila when you get home but when they come you still got to gird up your loins 
and you still got to praise him. Oh, y'all don't hear me. When you got to go on, you got to praise him while you go on, Marilyn. 